Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez here from simpleprogrammer.com. So I'm actually going to be answering another real estate sort of investing question today about buying houses and house prices in the Bay Area, San Jose area. Uh, I would encourage you, uh, because I'm not going to rehash everything I said in my previous video, but I'd encourage you to watch the other video I did on this topic fairly recently about uh, should I buy a house or not, uh, or should I wait for the market to go to correct or to go down or up, or you know should I use timing in order to buy a house? You can check out that video there. I'm not going to rehash all of that, but I'm going to talk about some some of those things here as I'm going to answer some specific questions. So I got in another question on on reach.me which you can check out here if you want to ask me a question and I thought I'd give a uh, an answer to this because there, there's some detailed economics in here and I think this is uh, an interesting interesting thing to consider especially for a lot of you that are in in perhaps the Bay Area in San Jose area working for some big companies Apple's Google's right those those companies that uh, that pay well in that area and you're worried about you know, the housing crisis there, essentially, right? The prices are going up. So I'll, I'll read you the, the questions here and then I'm gonna give you some answers here. So, and the, so it starts off, what is your take on buying a house uh, Bay Area, in the Bay Area, either as a personal home or rental property, San Jose region, but SF is okay too, specifically. One, the median house prices since 2012 in San Jose has appreciated roughly 14% a year, starting at around $550,000, and now it has jumped to over $1 million. What do you think has caused the housing to appreciate so much here? Do you think this increase has come from it being easier to get loans? Is there uh, there being a tech bubble in the Bay Area, question mark. There being a real estate bubble, is it just due to lack of supply and huge demand, or would it be due to something else? Okay, so I'm going to kind of, kind of, going to try to address all of these together here. So the first thing here is that yes, median house prices have jumped from 2012 in San Jose, uh, appreciating approximately 14% per year, uh, and they're about a million dollars now. This is 2017. So what's going on here? What? Why? Um, has it uh, appreciated so much? What has caused that price to go up so much? Okay, so, you know, again, and there are some questions on whether I think it's because it's easier to get loans or the tech bubble, real estate bubble, lack of uh, supply or lack of any, any huge demand. So I think there's there's two main factors. Again, I no one knows the answer to this. Any e economist uh, will, will tell you uh, something, <laughs> right? But they don't know, right? Uh, there's a lot of, uh, if, if you want to find a real interesting thing that, that economists don't really know the answer to, is this, why is Switzerland so expensive, right? I was in Switzerland, I did a lot of research on this, and there's some speculation and some reasons, everyone's got their own thoughts about it, but no one knows for sure. And you know that's, that's similar in, in a lot of the economy. So 
you know, economists are bullshitters, basically. Okay, so all the all the economic majors are coming after me now. Uh, but if you know it, then you know for real that this is true. Okay, so but I'll give you a hypothesis, a theory. What I think is probably the most solid, and I think most most economists would agree with about the, the San Jose area. Why? And just from my own experience in real estate and the tech industry. So what I find in general is that an influx of cash causes a raising of prices. So the more that people have money, the higher that prices will be in an area. And I've traveled a lot. I've traveled all over the world and I've seen this to be true, right? If there's more cash, right? So for example, I'll just give you a, a real simple example. Italy is a relatively inexpensive country, right? People are relatively poor. There's some rich and there's some poor, but if you just in general, compared to say the United States or UK, right, or Germany, well, not Germany, Germany is actually, it, not Germany, but, uh, but United States, UK, Canada, you know, some of these uh, places, maybe Netherlands and uh, say maybe a lot of the Nordic countries, okay? And in comparison, Italy is uh, not, not that expensive of a place. But if you go somewhere like Rome or you go to some of the tourist areas, especially like in Rome, the prices will be really, really high. Now, why is it just because they're taking advantage of tourists? Sort of, um, but some of the basic prices in that area will also be high. That obviously tourists aren't 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 going to. Uh, you know, a lot in in a lot of different countries, you, you'll find this in a lot of cities. And the reason why is because there's a lot, just a lot more money. Because you know, you, it might start off with tourists, and those tourists they they have a lot of money. They're bringing money in. Okay, they're spending this money. And then those shopkeepers that are selling the stuff to tourists at the higher prices, they're making a lot. Lot more money and so then they're taking that money right and when they go buy a sandwich right you, you see what I'm saying it trickles down like that I hate to use those words because there's a negative connotation there but there really is an, an honest trickle down effect that affects prices and affects uh, affects economics in that in that way and so what I would say is happening is that there's two factors that are happening here in the San Jose area one of them being that because there's so many, there, there's these Googles and, and Apples, right? And a lot of high-tech companies, right? Silicon Valley, where these companies are paying large amounts of money. And why are they paying large amounts of salaries? Some of them are just startups, right? Where they're just being backed by, you know, millions of dollars of investor money. And so they're paying ridiculous salaries, right? And so these are, these are not sustainable conditions. You could call this a bubble. It's just, you know, again, I did in that other video, if you watched the other video, I talked about the difference between investing and speculation. These are speculation speculative type of, of moves by investors when they're investing in these startups because they're not solid investments, right? And so it's ridiculous amounts of money. So you have this huge influx of money, you know, coming from major companies that are paying their employees a lot, uh, a lot of startups competing to pay their employees to be able to get those, uh, the talent, right? And so then you've got a lot of people with a lot of money. Okay, and so those people with that that large amount of money, they're spending the money. They're just like the tourists, right? And then the, there's that secondhand effect of the people around that area making money from, right? If you have a coffee shop in Silicon Valley, uh, you're probably making more money than a coffee shop, a coffee shop somewhere in Alabama, right? Because not only you can charge more, right? And you've got more clientele coming in, and they're buying more frou frou drinks and more frills, right? And so you're going to make more money. You're going to pop 
pocket more money. Now you have more rent, you have more overhead, and, and yes, but that 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 just that just causes everything to rise, right? So. What is likely happening in this case is that just because in general, if you go to an area and there's more money in people's pockets, the prices will rise, right? And so that's probably the number one factor that's contributing to that is just there's a lot of money. So people can pay money, so prices continue to rise. And then the second factor is, I, I do believe, is just the supply and demand, right? If you're, you've got a traffic situation, right, in, in that whole area in Northern California and San Jose, and so if you live far away from your work, your commute is bad, and the commute times affect your, you know, the value of your of your job, right? And so you want to live close. Everyone wants to live close, and everyone wants to be in Silicon Valley, right? Especially even people who want to come and get jobs. So again, the demand is very high there, and so that causes those prices to go up. The other thing that that happens too is. And a lot of those areas, I think San Jose is affected by rent control. And rent control, what it does is it makes sure that someone, your rent doesn't go up by a certain amount. I, I don't believe in it. I think it's, it's ridiculous. You shouldn't be able to restrict property owners' rights, but, you know, fuck it, whatever. This is how it is, right? So when you have any kind of rent control or stipulations on rent, what ends up happening is that because some rents or some prices are artificially suppressed, it makes the rest of the prices go up in that area that make up for it because there's you know there's less turnover and the prices don't even out over time, right? So you end up getting more, bigger prices, right? Same thing happens in New York City and Manhattan. There's definitely rent control there, and that definitely happens there. So I would say that you know that that again that it's it's because of this money coming into the area anytime you take money and put it in an area right again if you took look at a place like dubai right in, in the world uh, dubai shit is expensive why is shit expensive there because there's a lot of fucking money there there's a lot of money coming in the more money that comes into a place the more expensive everything will be from a cup of coffee to rent to buying property to whatever it is that's just going to cause the price to go up so with that said okay I don't think I have to answer the question I answered in my uh, my previous video of should you buy a house in in San Jose. Uh, no, it's not a good investment, right? Not at least like I, I know that some of the fear is that the prices will continue to go up and I'll, I'll continue to read in this this email, but it's not a solid investment because the rent is not going to, when you look at the, the investment in terms of a function of the rental income versus the cost, uh, the price of the house, it's not worth it. It's, it's not a good investment, not a solid investment. You're not getting a good cash on cash return. Your ROI is small, right? These are you know the, the bad indicators for an investment. So from a purely investment perspective, again, you'd have to speculate and assume that things are gonna continue to go up, which they may not, right? I don't know, We no one knows. It may continue to go up 14% per year, and you might say, John, you're a dumbass, and kick, and, you know, kick your ass and be, <laughs> be upset that you didn't make the investment, but it could go down as well, right? That we don't know what will happen in this case. So because none of us have crystal balls, right? I would rather just make solid investments. And if you constantly make solid, see, here's the thing about life. If you do speculative things, Every once in a while, you're gonna do okay, right? Or you might dodge the bullet, right? And and you, you could end up well, but it's only gonna take one time to wipe your ass out, 
okay? One time and you're fucked, okay? You can get everything, you make a speculative move, you can lose it all, okay? It can, it can be a, a total wipeout. I mean, there's ways to like, you know, mitigate the damages, but essentially that's, that's the speculative life, right? Whereas if you make solid investments, you're not always gonna hit home runs and sometimes your investments aren't gonna work out, but you, if you constantly throughout your life, if you approach, and this is not just real estate investment, but in, in, in life in general, if you weigh the cost, if you do the practical, pragmatic thing, if you make investments, wise decisions over time, what will happen is that that cumulative effect of that is gonna even out your life and you're gonna just, your level is gonna rise in general, right? You're gonna build passive income up, right? You're gonna have, it's not gonna happen all at once. You're not gonna have, you know, like winning the lottery, but you're gonna have a huge value decisions, okay? So I'm gonna move on here. And uh, let's talk about number two here. He says, do you think the housing prices in the Bay Area will ever go down? And if so, what percent would you guess it to go down by? Would it be a massive correction in pricing or a minor one? Again, these are crystal ball questions. I can give you my personal opinion, but I would not bet any money on it. I would not invest any money on it at all because no one knows. Now, just from my experience in real estate and my educated guess here, do I think housing prices in the Bay Area will ever go down? I think that we'll see dips, right? And I I, I don't think though, I think in general though, it's gonna continue to, to climb aside from one thing, this one black swan, which is that what happens when Silicon Valley is no longer Silicon Valley, right? I mean, is Silicon Valley gonna be Silicon Valley forever? Right? I mean, Detroit, okay, let's look at Detroit. This is, I can answer this question by looking at Detroit. Detroit, if you went back, you know, 50 years or 60 years ago, Detroit was the place to be for, for auto manufacturing, right? I mean, a, a very booming city, probably expensive, right? And would anyone have predicted, you know, what, what happened in, in Detroit? I mean, De Detroit is, is now, I mean, they're kind of recovering now, but you, you see what happens. So, but maybe, but in an alternate universe, maybe Detroit still is a blooming uh, city and, you know, a flourishing city and, and the auto industry didn't decline in that city, but you can't count on that. And, and that's the thing. It's like Silicon Valley is very much that kind of an economy. If, if I were to look at it as I would say, okay, San Jose without the startups and without that funding or with all that money coming in, what, you know, what is sustainable there? Not a lot, right? So if that disappears, which it may, I mean, you know, California is taxing the shit out of, out of companies and people, okay? Like a lot of companies are, are like, fuck this, I'm out of California, right? So if Apple and Google say, you know what? Fuck this, we're going to Texas. What happens? I mean, Dell did that, right? I mean, or, well, I don't know, where was Dell? I think they went from California to Texas. I'm not sure, but they're in Austin, right? So, I mean, so, so the point is just this, is that something like that could happen, and if it does, it could be a, ma a major correction, right? Uh, I, when, when I was a kid, one of the Air Force bases, you know, in South Carolina shut down and the prices on, I mean, everyone's trying to sell their house at the same time, right? So stuff like that can happen. I would not want to have my, my chin out there. You, you see what I'm saying? I try not to leave my chin out there. I don't want to have th things like that. I want to have steady, right? I, I want to have less variance in terms of those things and not get stuck. So that's the danger there. 
Um, I think that there will definitely be cycles, but it could be another hundred years, right? That that is, and that San Jose continues to go up in price. It, to me, if I had to bet on it, I would bet though that you know that that things will change. That there'll be an, <laughs> how many cities in the world? This is another good trivia question for you. How many cities? I visit I visit a lot of the world, and like I said, so many cities that I visit in the world are like, oh, at one point, you know, Venice was the 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 city of the world, like the the biggest trading city in the world, right? The, the, the capital of the world, essentially, right? At one point, you know, uh, what was it? Amsterdam was, right? At one point, right? So all these cities I visit, they're like, oh, at one point we were the financial center of the world. Rome was at one point. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, oh, you're shit. You're like Istanbul was, right? Constantinople. And you're like, oh, shit, right? You're like, wow, all these places, they used to be the financial center of the world or the biggest trading port in the world, right? And now they're not, okay? so. History tells us that anytime a city is known for like one particular thing and all of its resources and economy is based on that, we should be really cautious, okay? Because it might not be the king for long or for forever. It won't be the king forever is almost guaranteed. So that's what I have to say about that. Again, I can't predict. I can't predict the price. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, there's definitely more volatility and there's definitely uh, more of a risk in a city like San Jose, okay? rather than somewhere in the Midwest, okay? You know, Kansas, I have a lot of properties in Kansas City. There's a good reason why. Ain't shit gonna happen there. <laughs> not gonna go up, not gonna go down. You know what I mean? There's not, like, it's robust, right? There's, it's, uh, you could say, it's not anti-fragile, it's resilient, right? Uh, it's, what's gonna happen, right? You know, if you think about that, all right. Uh, number three, there's a huge social pressure for someone under 30 to buy a house in the Bay Area now. The basic idea behind this is that housing prices will continue to appreciate here and that if we don't buy now, we will be priced out of the market. The idea being that big companies such as Google, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook are expanding rapidly and creating new jobs, which indirectly creates new housing demand, which will raise prices. People also think that since housing has appreciated 14% over the last five years, that it will just continue to do so. Given this, should I be trying to save up for a down payment and buy a house here as soon as I can? My average salary will increase, let's say, on average five to six percent per year. So it seems like my rate of savings will be outpaced by housing appreciation, currently 14%. It may make sense to borrow dollars in order to catch up to appreciation. And so then, uh, okay, so I'm going to address that one and then there's some other sub questions here. So, okay, no. Don't do do not rate like do do not make decisions under pressure because you feel like you're going to lose opportunity. These are when I make bad decisions. Life this is when we all make bad decisions in life. Okay, if it's not a good investment, don't invest. This again, I'll go back to the other video. You should watch the other video if you haven't, guys. But if it's not a good investment, don't invest. Right? Think about this. Okay, seriously, think about this this stuff uh, because it's it's this this is really really important. Okay, um, you you feel like there's a huge social pressure to buy a house, right? Because the prices are going to keep going or are going up. But what if it goes the other way? You could get caught, right? Especially if you leverage highly, right? I mean, if you're buying a house that's an average price of a million dollars, okay? And it's not a good investment, all right? Siri's turning on here, but it's not a good investment, all right? Then if things go sour on you, you're going to get wiped out, right? I mean, think about this. You buy a house that's a million dollars. Next year, there's something happens, right? Apple goes under, right? Google moves out, right? Whatever happens, right? I mean, something causes a major price correction and now your house is worth $700,000. 
and you can't afford it because you lost your job too because that, those things are like they happen together, you're fucked. You're fucked. Like your whole future that was great is gone now because you're, you're fucked, right? And because you, what are you going to do, right? So, and this happens. Don't, don't tell me this doesn't happen because hell, I mean, I had a house, a, a fourplex I bought in Boise, Idaho, okay? And I talked about this in the last one for $425,000, okay? And, but now it was a solid investment, okay? And this is the difference here. And the next year, the housing bubble, you know, burst and it dropped in half. I lost $200,000 immediately, right? Now I wasn't stuck because I could rent it out because I was renting it, it was a fourplex, right? And so, but imagine, like this does happen. So don't worry about that, right? I mean, if it's cheaper to rent, if it makes more sense to rent, just rent. Like you don't have to buy a house. If you're gonna invest in real estate, which I encourage you to do, I do, absolutely. Check out my real estate course, you guys that are, are listening. Um, Invest, but look for good investments. It might not be in California. It's not going to be in San Jose. It's going to be somewhere else. Okay, that that's solid. That makes sense. Go look at Texas. Go look in Kansas City, like where where I invest. Right? There's a lot of places in the in the United States where you could invest, where it'll be solid investments. So I encourage you to do that. That's what you should be afraid of missing out on. It doesn't have to be why San Jose. Why do you have to buy a house there? Right? You could just rent a house there. You'll always have the ability to rent a house there, right? And maybe you say, well, the rents are going up. Yeah, but, but the rents aren't gonna go up enough. They're not gonna go up enough so that it's ever gonna pay your mortgage on a, on a house that you buy. So it doesn't make sense. It's never gonna be a good investment, right? If the rents go up, it's gonna be a, in relation to the prices going up of, of the property itself, right? Do you see what I'm saying? So there, it just doesn't make sense. Like why why would you buy the house now? Why are you worried about this, right? And, and so what if houses go up in value there? It's still a speculative move, right? I could be outside, like I'm outside of San Jose, okay? Like someone, let's say someone in Florida, should they be worrying about missing the opportunity of buying a house in San Jose because that, pro that market keeps on going up? It's, it's the same exact thing. Like you got to put yourself in that mindset and no, they shouldn't be. I mean, there's, it should, they, maybe they should be buying houses in Dubai. Maybe they should be buying houses in, uh, in, in some of the upcoming areas of China, right? Or India. They oh, maybe you miss, you're missing the boat on India right now. You better fucking go in and invest in Bangladesh, right? So you see what I'm saying? Like, um, the, the investment is separate from, just because you happen to live there doesn't, you know, that, that's, you got to separate these things out, right? What is a good financial decision for you to pay for rent and how can you reduce that? And d does buying a house actually reduce that? No, it probably, it increases it in San Jose area, right? If you, if you were renting, I guarantee you in San Jose right now, if you buy a house, it doesn't save you money every month, right? Versus renting, equivalent space, right? Uh, so, so think about that, right? That this is this is how you really need to uh, think about. It. Now, if it does, then then we're talking about something different. But, uh, but still, I would separate out investment and the frugality of your own living. Those are two separate things. And if you can combine them together, and you can be the only advantage you get by living in a house that you own, right, that, that you've owned is, there's two advantages. One of them is that on getting the loan itself, right, you're, and you're going to have a little bit of a, of a break on the interest rate. That's, that's it. And the other one is that you have a renter that you know is going to pay the rent every month. <laughs> 100% uh, occupancy. That's, that's the only thing that you get. And, and you get hit actually, if you own the house, you can't deduct all of the, uh, you don't have as many deductions because it's not a business, right? If you, if it's, if you own it and you live in it, if it's owner occupied, so you act, so that negates the actual interest rate, uh, thing as far as investment pr purposes. Okay. So I, I think that, that, that kind of clears up where, where I'm at. I'm trying to think if there's anything else there. So, so the whole idea of, 
of your your salary going up and and the savings and you know trying to outpace depreciation forget about that you don't know if it's going to continue to appreciate and or not right it's a speculation if you want to make the speculative move go ahead and make the speculative move but just realize it's a gamble it's, it's a speculation it has nothing to do with you know these two things need to be separated in your mind between investing the money and where you're living right there's there's no real advantage to owning the place except to say that you own it right only own something if it's a good investment otherwise rent it and you'll I'll, you know I'm gonna beat a dead horse here but you'll find this with millionaires and billionaires is that there's a lot of shit that they don't even that they they could afford they don't own okay uh, there's a, a lot of smart business very successful business people they don't own a jet they charter private jets okay same exact benefit except they don't it's not a good investment for them right so you think about it right think about a lot of these things uh, and and you don't have to own right it, it's better in fact it's better not to own things unless they're really good investments it's better to uh, to control them but not own them does that make sense okay so then we'll go on to just the, the last part of this man this is long but um should i wait it out and hope for a housing crash to occur in the bay area before buying a home no, but if a housing crash does occur, right? If you're gonna buy a house, you'd buy it, right? Don't don't wait for wait out shit if it's a good investment. But if a housing crash does occur, now is the time to check. That would be a good time to see if there's good investments, and that might be a good time to buy a house because there might be good investments because that may have knocked the price down enough that there are good investment opportunities out there. But you have to evaluate that separately. Um, if I decide to buy a house in the Bay Area, would it be better to still live in my apartment and rent it out, or should I move it into the house that I buy? Again, same same question here and we've separated out these things now between investing and and where you live uh, if you're buying a house in the bay area you know the question of whether you should live in your apartment and, and or, and rent it out, rent out the house, that, the investment that you're buying, or should you move into that? Uh, is, is sort of irrelevant. It, it doesn't. Th that question doesn't matter at all. The question is, should you buy an investment property at all, right? If it's not a good investment, no. So it doesn't matter whether you live there or not. I mean, if you have, I will say this: if you have an investment property that is a good investment, right? Uh, should you live in it? Is, is uh, the, the factor determining that should be whether or not if it's if it's efficient for you if you happen to buy right because you're going to get the only benefit you get right really is that you get 100% occupancy you got a renter that's going to pay every month right so so think about it this way so you know and now let me phrase it this way so that you can understand what I'm saying so if you're living in a one bedroom apartment okay. And you're paying, uh, I don't know, I'm just making up numbers, $1,000 a month, okay? And you buy a house that's a three bedroom house, okay? And the mortgage on that uh, sucker is $4,000 a month, and you could rent it out for $3,000 a month. Then, what, if you go and you live in that house, you just increase your living expenses from $1,000 a month to $3,000. You don't need all that house, okay? But if you buy another investment property, and even if it's a bad investment, even if it's a speculative investment, and it's it's a one-bedroom condo, okay, and it still costs you your mortgage is three thousand dollars a month on that sucker, okay, or you you could rent it out for three thousand dollars a month. Let's say that, okay, then 
then yeah, then why not move in there? Well, again, here's the question. Would it be better to pocket the $2,000 and get that as rent? You see what I'm saying? So whatever the value that you use is, is that's what, what you have to consider, okay? Uh, so it has nothing to do with the investment. You gotta separate these things out and say, you know, just think, you know, when you're the investor, I'm thinking as the investor, is this a good investment, right? Regardless of who I rented it out to, would this be a good investment? And when you're the, the, the person looking for housing, you're, you're, you're the renter, right? You're always a renter. You're either renting from yourself or you're renting for someone else. The only factor you think about is, is this a good deal for me? Does this make sense for me to rent? Am I overpaying, right? Is this, is this more money than I need to spend? You gotta have both of these minds. You step into this role, you step into this role. The two don't matter. The only crossover is the one thing I said, which is that as a tenant, right, if it's you, you know you're gonna pay the rent on time. That's the only crossover, okay? Everything else from that, the easiest way to think about these decisions is step into one role, step into the other role, make those decisions completely separately, okay? That, that's, unless you're buying a house for luxury, right? Which means that you just care about the house itself, right? And you wanna own it. That's, that's a totally different thing. But as far as investment, it's two mindsets. Last bit of a question here. If buying expensive properties in the Bay Area was a bad idea, why are so many Chinese slash foreign investors buying so many houses here? This is a good question, right? So are, are they stupid or are you stupid, John, right? They're stupid. <laughs> well, it's not that they're stupid. Okay, if you got a shit ton of money, right, and you don't know what to do, these are not solid investments, right? These are speculative moves. If it w so let me put it this way. If, if playing the back rat, okay, in, in Las Vegas is a losing proposition, why are so many Chinese uh, people playing it? Why are so many rich, these guys are billionaires or millionaires, they're rich, they're sitting there in Caesar's Palace playing Baccarat and they're, they're putting down tons of money, why? Because because they're speculating, because they're, they're dumb, because <laughs> they're gambling, right? These people are gambling, okay? So if you wanna gamble, that's fine, but they're gambling. now. The one caveat to this is that, again, it's like the startup investor, right? If you, so, so one thing that makes speculation become less speculative, right, is the same thing as, as a lot of these investment firms that, you know, investment bankers, right, or VCs, okay? If you're VC and you buy one company, you invest in one company and you put millions of dollars into one company. You're stupid. You're speculating. You're gambling. Okay, <laughs> you're you're taking a, a crapshoot. Okay, but VCs don't do that. They pick like ten companies. Okay, and then they figure that at least out of one of these, maybe two or three of them is going to do well, and the other the rest of the money they're flushing down the toilet. Okay, same possible thing here. A lot of really rich investors will pick emerging markets or very high probability speculative markets and they will buy in all of those markets okay and then they're sort of hedging their butts they're they're, they're saying that okay well i'm probably going to lose money on most of these investments but one or two of these markets it's going to really skyrocket and i'm going to i'm going to get in on that and i'm going to get like 10 times my my investment as, as return that's that's the only you know other possible reason but don't follow the herd. Never follow the herd. Just because a bunch of foreign, and that's what's also driving the price up. It's like people are stupid. Eventually someone is gonna get caught with their pants down, right? But if you, if you think about this, right, all these foreign investors that are coming in and investing in these, in these places, 
they're they're driving the prices up because this is how people work. It's sort of this herd mentality, and it's like, okay, the prices are going up here, so this is a hot place to invest, and so all this foreign money starts coming in, which starts driving the prices up. This is how bubbles get created, right? But there's not real underlying value. Anytime you have price increase without an increase in value, it, right, then you've got a problem. If it's, and, and a lot of times there'll be some increase in value, but the price increase is disproportionate to the increase in value. This is how bubbles get created. Remember that. Remember that in life. If you're looking for bubbles, look for places where the value, the price has increased disproportionately to the increase in value. And that right now, in my mind, is what Silicon Valley is, is what San Jose area is, is because some of these companies have came, come in and, you know, and and the companies have grown and that value has increased, but the prices of the property has increased a lot more than the value of, of living there has increased. Does that, that make sense? You see what I'm saying here? So don't just follow the herd because what's gonna happen is someone is gonna get caught, like I said, with their pants down. Eventually, this can't continue forever and then you know, it's, it's the people that are riding the wave, they're going to make some money if they pull out in time. But it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous thing to do because it is speculation. It's not really investment. And you, you're going to see that. You always see this where all these investors pile on to this and most of them get wiped out, right? It's one of those, those games. Uh, I'm, I'm not here to play that game. I'm here for the long run. I'm here to make, make, build true wealth. And I don't, I don't want to have to like, I don't want to get wiped out, right? So that's, that's all I got to say about that. All right long video and make sure you click the subscribe button below. I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.